You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Amen, Mission family. Thank you for being here this morning. It's it's always an honor to be in the house uh, with you, um, God's people. And uh, Elena, thank you. That was a gift. Thank you so much. Um, uh, I've been on vacation the last um, part of this week. Uh, it ended up being just a trip with uh, me and my youngest son, Owen. Um, my, uh, my oldest son, Dylan, was on a school band trip in San Diego and having all kinds of fun. And, and uh, my wife was supposed to come on the trip with us, and, and uh, she ended up getting the really horrible cold that my son had <laughs> the week before. And she just was too sick to go on the trip, even though she really wanted to come because she loves camping. And, and, she, and we were going to spring training, and she loves the Dodgers, just like I do. You know, Dodgers right here. Come on, come on. Don't be, I, all the haters in the room, I hear you, I hear you. But it just fuels me, you know. It just fuels me. Um, but yeah, so the trip didn't quite turn out the way we thought it was going to, you know, it, uh, it was going to be a, a time with Kim and I and Owen and, and uh, we got going on the, tr- you know, like Kim really started to get sick a few days ahead of time. And then by the time it was time to leave, she was really sick. And, and so she's doing a, a quite a bit better now, but we're, she's still pretty sick and we're praying that, that she'll, her body will be fully restored. But the trip like what we had envisioned in our head about the trip didn't come to pass. How many people have been there? Like you had this, the way things were going to be in your head, right? And it didn't turn out that way, right? And uh, I've found myself there a lot. <laughs> um, uh, my wife and I were out of church in San Bernardino for uh, three years, and you know my wife's a California native and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, long story short, we end up at this church in upstate New York. And when I say upstate, I mean like 30 miles south of Canada. And like that was something we never saw coming, right? But God used it in our lives to enrich us and to make us appreciate California even more. <laughs> no, I, lo- I love New York. There is nothing like upstate New York in the fall. Like any- anybody who's ever been there, like, oh my gosh, there's nothing. But here's the thing is we get these predetermined pathways, right? We, we get this idea of what God is doing in our life and we, we take it the way that we envision it happening. Like we, like we, it, you know, we kind of uh, envis- visualize the pathway that God is going to do this, this thing in our life, this way that he's working. And, and for me, I don't know about you, but like almost always I'm wrong. Like God does something completely different, you know? And, and, and it's, it can be confusing and disheartening sometimes and uh, the Lord brought this story um, found in Mark 2 um, really like I was, I was uh, doing a lot of reading. I, um, I actually went through the whole book of Mark while I was on vacation just 
because I just, I just felt like I needed like a refresher on like a full gospel account. And not that I wasn't, didn't know it or anything like that, but because I know the stories and stuff, but I just felt like I just wanted to take some time and go through from beginning to end. And, and Mission Men have been doing that too. They did, um, they did the Gospel of Mark last session, and they're doing something else now. What is it, Caleb? What are we supposed to Matthew, okay. So before, before we meet again, um, we're supposed to have finished Matthew, so catch up if you haven't, mission men. Um, I need to catch up. I, I did last, last time's assignment, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but the Lord brought this particular account of healing to my mind while I was gone, and it just, ha, ha, have you ever read something in scripture or in a devotional that just like stuck in you, and like you couldn't get it out of your mind, and you just kept turning it over, and turning it over, and turning it over, and well, that's what this story was, um, and it's the account of Jesus healing the paralyzed man in Capernaum in, in, um, in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. So um, let's just go ahead and jump right in to it. Um, I think, I think uh, in this story, there is some confusion going on in the room towards the end of the story, and, and people had a predetermined plan of how Jesus was going, going to respond, and he didn't quite respond the way that they thought he was. So let's, uh, let's check this out. Mark chapter 2 beginning at verse 1. I'm reading at the, in the NIV translation. It'll be on the screen. Um, a, f- a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carrying by four of carried by four of them since they could not get him into Jesus because of the crowd they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was laying on when Jesus saw their faith he said to the paralyzed man son your sins are forgiven Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were uh, thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Okay, so let's just set the scene here. Like, imagine you're, you're in the room, right? Imagine you're in the room. Let's set the scene. This is only chapter two 
verse 1 in Mark. Like, this is so early in Mark's gospel account, right? Jesus, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's so early. And, and so, like, imagine that you're in this room. Um, you know, Jesus can't go anywhere without crowds gathering like um, in, around him. In almost every account that Jesus does something miraculous, which he had already done some miracles in, in chapter 1 of, of Mark, he, he tells people uh, to tell them what God has done for them, but most of the, on, on, a, on many occasions, Jesus tells them not to tell people exactly how it happened because Jesus doesn't want all the attention, right? And, but even still, it's like, if you, if you want to not keep a, keep a secret, tell people to keep it a secret, right? <laughs> you know, like, tell people to keep it a secret uh, because then it seems really juicy, right? And, uh, <laughs> but even still, like, he's, he's going around saying, don't tell, don't tell, and, and, and Jesus, uh, you know, the, the word about Jesus, what he was doing and teaching spread like wildfire, right? And Capernaum was kind of his home base of operations at this point, and he's in the house of Simon and Andrew. And uh, it's packed, right? You're, you're in the room, and it's wall-to-wall people. Um, the doorway, you can't even get near the doorway, much, much less through the doorway. The house is packed, right? And Jesus is teaching the word of God to all who have come. And, and some Jewish teachers of the law were there to check check in on what this this Jesus guy was teaching. I want to see how he measures up, you know? And and so Jesus is teaching and suddenly like suddenly like a piece of straw just like floats down from the ceiling. And he's like and he keeps teaching, you know, and teaching and then little dirt falls, you know, you know. And then all of a sudden like there's there's this daylight peeking through the roof. Like, what the heck? Can you imagine if, like, all of a sudden, like, somebody was just, like, waving up there, you know, like, hi. Um, man, and the, these houses would have had a flat roof made of, like, wood and dirt and brush from the earth, and sometimes they even added tiles, but, uh, you know, so... Uh, it would have been really easy to fill back in, so that's why there, weren't, there wasn't any word of like, the owner being like, hey, you ruined my roof, you know, or anything like that. But it, it would, you know, it, these roofs had to be almost replaced seasonally, right? And so it wasn't a big deal. It could just be filled in. But like, I, I just can't imagine. Like, I, I tried to put myself in all the different places of the room, like okay, so um, so I'm I'm Jesus, and I see these specks of dirt fall down from the ceiling while I'm teaching, and and then there's like people observing, you know, and and, and I look up and, and you see the hands of four men digging through the roof, right, creating this hole, and 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 like I said, no one was angry because it could just be filled in later, but pretty soon the daylight's peeking through the hole, and it. it the, the, the daylight that it's peeking through is covered by a man on a blanket being lowered down into the room, right into the presence of Jesus. 
And I just see these four men, like they lower the guy down, right? And, and I just see him like smiling, like peeking through the hole, you know, like looking in at, at the man and Jesus and just like smiling from ear to ear. And, and in my head, Jesus like just looks at him and smiles and just like is so like blessed by by their determination. And, and the man on the blanket that was lowered was clearly paralyzed, as it says in the passage. And the intention of the four man, men was to see this man healed. They didn't lower him down for any other reason other than they believed their faith was that Jesus could heal this man, right? And Jesus speaks up in a loving tone to the paralyzed man and and. And, and the room gets quiet, and he, he's getting ready to speak, and there's anticipation of what Jesus is going to say, and that everybody in the room is expecting to see this man just jump up and walk, and Jesus says to this paralyzed man in a loving tone, son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. These were not the words people were expecting to hear, right? This, this wasn't part of the plan. This wasn't part of the agenda that they had created in their mind of events unfolding. Son, your sins are forgiven. And the crowd begins to mumble, right? And the teachers of the law have a stern look on their face as they're grumbling amongst themselves. And while, while grateful, I'm sure, even the paralyzed man and his friends we're left probably a little confused, like, like Jesus, our faith was that you would, would heal this man. And, and, you're, and you're saying, I mean, I'm glad his sins are forgiven, but we want to see him walk, right? You know? And, uh, and what follows from there is Jesus using this moment, which was his intention, to make an extraordinary statement about his identity that would eventually get him crucified. How would you respond if you were in the crowd? The stage is set for something miraculous to happen right before your very eyes, and then something altogether confusing happens. Son, your sins are forgiven. Let's take the teacher, uh, the teachers of the law and their response, for example. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And they get angry and begin thinking about what authority, what, what right does he have to say your sins are forgiven? Right? They thought in verse 7, why does this fellow talk like that. I like that they're classy. They called him a fellow, right? They're classy. Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately, Jesus in his spirit, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts and said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take up your mat and walk? Jesus is making the point here that both come only from God. 
and that they are equally only accomplished by the authority of God, right? The difference is that they had seen Jesus do many healings. They had witnessed it, right? They had seen him do healings already, and that's why the crowd was there, I'm sure, right? But no one had ever demonstrated the ability to forgive sins, and Jesus uses this opportunity to demonstrate that healing may take place in the physical body, but if your sins aren't forgiven, there is still a deep brokenness inside. Your physical body can be healed, but if your sins aren't forgiven, brokenness still abounds. Jesus was illustrating an Old Testament claim that humanity, that human suffering rests in separation from God. So actually, forgiveness is our deepest need, right? And because of this, Jesus, G-man, that, that's his nickname. I, I, I like to call him G-man. Me and G-man, we, we, we've been together for a lot of years now. <laughs> uh, and because of this, Jesus demonstrates the authority he has been given by God, Okay? So check this out, verse 10. But what I want you to know, I know you're thinking all these things about me, like what gives him the right? What gives him the authority? Only God can heal. But I want you to know, in verse 10, that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And the teachers of the law were dumbfounded, were dumbfounded, because certainly God would not heal someone making this claim if it weren't true, right? The teachers of the law responded to Jesus with doubt and anger. How would you respond? How would you respond? Now let's take the paralyzed man. Uh, the paralyzed man may have responded to Jesus' statement about his sins by feeling maybe a little let down, right? This feeling would have only been the result of not being able to see the bigger picture, right? We humans are often prone to not seeing the bigger picture, right? I'm sure the man was grateful for Jesus saying that his sins were forgiven, but I'm sure that that didn't cease his longing to, for his body to be healed, right? Sometimes God uses us to accomplish his will and work by means that we don't fully understand at the time, right? Sometimes God uses us and uses our lives to do his work in ways that we just can't comprehend in the moment. We can't fathom it. And, and, and lots of times later on down the road, he reveals why we had to do that or why we had to go through that. You know, like one thing, one, one big discovery recently that I've I've, I've discovered, and I'll, I'll just come clean and share it with you, is that, like, I've discovered, like, I'm not God. 
And I got some, I got, I, I, you guys want the bad news or the, or, or the good news? The good news, there's no, I mean, the good news is God is God, right? The bad news is you aren't either. You're not God either, right? And, and so, like, sometimes we don't understand why things don't go according to plan. Sometimes we don't understand why things happen the way that they do. Um, I'm sure that this man was like ready for his body to be healed. But this wasn't just another healing to Jesus. You know, uh, this was him declaring to the room that he is the son of God. He is authorized by God, right? This is him declaring to the room and to the teachers of the law that he is the son of God. Because in an earthly human body, Jesus carried the authority of God. Ultimately, the desires of the paralyzed man's heart were met, and he was healed, and the whole room was stunned. Verse 10 again, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. When you are desiring God to do a specific work in your life, and you sense God moving, but not in the way that you desired, how do you respond? How do you respond? Whether Jesus gives us the desires of our heart while we're still here on earth, or our every desire is fulfilled when we arrive in eternity, we can always trust Romans 8.28, and it says, we know that in all things, say that, all things, all things, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. See, sometimes people quote that verse and they leave off the end, right? They leave off the end according to his purposes, right? Right. He's God, we're not. And so this this, this desire to be healed by this paralyzed man was fulfilled, but in the moment of, of disappointment in Jesus's response, I want you to think about how you would respond, because I've spent a lot of time thinking about how I would respond. Now, the four men who dig the hole in the roof are my favorite. They're my faves, right? Because here's the deal. They were determined. They were determined. Um, from hearing about Jesus and what he could do, they responded in faith, and Jesus was blessed by their faith. But it wasn't just faith, if you notice. It was action, too. It was action, right? I'm sure everyone in the town 
knew this paralyzed man or had at least walked past him, right? But these four men, they didn't just keep walking. They got in the fight. That was their response. When hearing about Jesus and all that he could do and and that he was here, nearby, present. They see this man. I don't know if they were friends. I don't know if they knew each other. I just know that there were four men who saw a paralyzed man and said, I know someone who you need to meet. They were contending for this man. And so put yourself in their shoes. You're all excited. You know Jesus is at, at this house, Simon and Peter, Simon and Andrew's house, and uh, and you get you 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 get this guy who's who's a paralyzed man, and, and like I, I don't necessarily recommend um, in our day and age, like just randomly picking up people and bringing them to church or or Jesus. Like I, I don't actually recommend that but I don't know in this in this day and age like the the guy obviously wanted to go so they they grabbed him and they went to the house right but they get there and it's full you can't even get to the doorway like that's how full it is now if you're me like like I don't particularly love crowds like, so like, it, it, you know, sometimes when we go to Universal Studios and we get to the, to the entrance gate and it's really long and I'm just like, we've driven an hour to be there. I'm just like, oh, well, I don't know. Like, maybe we don't need to do this, you know. <laughs> but, but, but these men didn't let the crowds determine their results. They were contending for this man. They, they saw a need that Jesus could fill, that they had faith that Jesus could fill, and they weren't going to let anything stop them. They were going to take this man to Jesus come hell or high water. Faith and action. I mean, they dug a hole in someone's roof and lowered him down from the ceiling for crying out loud. Come on, right? If that's not inspiring, if that's not stirring your heart for the people in your lives that don't know Jesus, like, man, that just stirs my heart up. Like, okay, I have faith, right? But who am I contending for? Who do I know and who has needs that they need need to meet Jesus? Who am I contending for? Who am I in the fight for? Right? These four men, they weren't going to let anything get between them and this person meeting Jesus. That was their response to hearing and seeing and witnessing what Jesus could do, is that this man needs Jesus, and we're going to contend for him. Faith 
Jesus said he saw, the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith and, and said, son, your sins are forgiven, right? But it wasn't just faith. It was faith and action. In James verses, uh, ver, uh, chapter 2, verse 26, it says this, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. I love the way the message version says this. I don't always love um, the, everything about the message. I, I love a lot about it. I, I mean, I'm pro-message. I would just want to say that. Like, I love the message. I, I just, sometimes the translation just takes it a little far in, in my, in, in occasionally. But I love the way Eugene Peterson uh, translated this, this particular verse. It says this. Uh, James 2.26, the message, the very moment you separate body and spirit, you end up with a corpse. Separate faith and works, and you get the same thing, a corpse. I, I just, I love that. I love that. Um, and so here, here's where I'm going with this. And, and, you know, how many times... Have we had someone in our life that we knew needed, needed Jesus, but somewhere along the way we decided not to contend for them? Somewhere along the way we, we submitted in the fight. I, I certainly have. How do we respond? Do we respond in doubt and outrage like the teachers of the law? Do we respond in confusion about the bigger picture like the paralyzed man? Or do we get in the fight and contend? Because there are people in my life that I have been taking to the Father for years, and I don't understand why they haven't met the Father but already, but that's not going to stop me from contending for them. And there are others, I already said it, I already admitted it, there are others that I have given up on. Right? So when it comes to When it comes to people, introducing people to Jesus, my personal approach, and people have different approaches, but my personal approach is just to be a friend. Like, just to be a friend. Just get, um, you know, uh, build a relationship, you know, get into, like, get into their life and allow them to get into yours. Like, that's contending, right? Like, it, it's easy to walk by the same barista every day or every other day, depending on your coffee addiction, and, you know, and, uh, and, and not know their name, not know what's going on in their life. But when we first started this church, uh, they sent me to church planners boot camp, 
It's funny, right? I actually had to go twice because I flunked out the first time. Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I did have to go twice, but I was invited back. But, <laughs> but one of the first things they say is, like, it's really easy for pastors to sit up in their office, you know, all week and not be in relationship with anybody outside the church. And so the first thing you have to do when you're planning a church is get planted in the community. And for me, I didn't even drink coffee when we first started this, <laughs> this church. And now, like... I know probably every barista in town, right? <laughs> like, and so I have, the Lord has placed this specific few names of people that I have been contending for before the Lord for years and building a relationship with and knowing their life and letting them in mind. And, and, and when the time arises, when the, when the moment arises, where they're open to hearing about Jesus, I am going to be ready. Because I, because I and, and it doesn't always happen long term like that. Some people have great success with, you know, just meeting people and talking about Jesus, but that has not been my experience. And I believe that deeper bonds are formed through relationship. And so as Holy Week approaches, we're two weeks out from Easter, and this isn't like a ploy to get new people here at the church for Easter Sunday so that the room will be full, whatever. I don't care about that. I mean, I do a little bit, but if I'm being honest, but, um, but that, that's not what this ploy is for. This ploy is people are most open to coming to church or hearing about Jesus around Easter than they are the rest of the year. And so I want you to spend this two weeks thinking about one, no more than three names that you are willing to contend for in the next two weeks. Taking them into the presence of Jesus through prayer. That's my challenge to you. And as the worship team comes, I think that, you know, no matter what the person's need is that they have, whether it's a physical limitation or financial or whatever, no matter what the need is, the, the reason why Jesus talked about sin in the first place is because the grace that was purchased for us on the cross is greater than any, any other need. To be in union with God fulfills every need. And so here's the deal, is, is uh, as we as we contend for these people in our lives. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying it has to be someone out of the blue. There may be someone at your work. There may be someone in your family, you know, that, that you've given up contending for along the way. And I want you to keep in mind the bigger picture as we contend for these people together as a community, that 
despite the physical need, despite the financial need, there is no greater need than Jesus in their lives. Let's go to prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that your word is a lamp to our feet. God, that you, um, you're still speaking and active today. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you that no one is beyond your reach. Jesus, stir us up. Lord, renew our passion again to see people in our lives meet you and know you and accept the grace that is greater than the grave, Lord. And the grace, Lord, that is so much so much greater than, than any other need, Lord. Father, help us to be wise while we're in the fight, Lord. Father, give us wisdom to know when to speak, Lord, and when to listen. And when we listen, may we listen with, with your ears guided by your Holy Spirit. Father, we want to see these brothers and sisters come home. Father, bless this time. Lord, even now, begin to whisper those names to us. and give us the courage to get back in the fight. We love you, and it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.